July 8, 2020, it's a lot from Pedro's show. Yeah. <laughs> 
Watt from Pedro I, Show. Happy Wednesday. Uh, Brother Matt. Uh, we're still in quitting quarantino mode, so he's uh, the love grotto three miles south of here. But I am not man alone, thanks to those engineers in Estonia with their Skype software invention. I got uh, Elizabeth. With, you're you're uh, talking to me from Woodstock, New York? I'm not in Woodstock proper. I'm outside of Woodstock. I'm like three miles away. And what's that town called? It's called Glenford. Okay. Although, I, I don't anybody track me down here. <laughs> no street address, okay. Right. Well, it would be easy just, enough to find. It's just, a very small town. Just a vicinity, people. She, uh, Miss Alpha Cat, deserves her... Uh, uh, privacy. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, okay. I, I do deserve it. Yeah. Right. Right. We all do. Right. Let's, uh, mutual feeling is mutual. Uh, we started yes, the show okay. off with uh, John Coltrane with Miles Davis doing on Green Dolphin Street, and then Gold Rush, which uh, you enlightened me to the fact it's got Dick Lloyd, uh, Richard Lloyd on the guitar. Oh, you mean Ground Rush? Oh, yeah. What did I say? Gold Rush? <laughs> yeah. I thought you were talking well, about... Well, California, you know, you know, the 49er state, you know. <laughs> no, right, I'm an idiot. Right. That was a fucking... I, thought you were I blew a clam. I blew a clam, Elizabeth. I blew a clam. <laughs> so take out the big rubber eraser and erase that, and let's put in Ground Rush. But getting back, uh, incredible guitar man. I think he's living in, in Chattanooga these days. Richard yeah, he is. I uh, read his book like in two days, the combustible whatever. Yeah, I haven't read it yet. Oh man, I, I couldn't put I it mean, down. I spent enough time talking to him that I could pretty much guess what's in it. Well, he's got in it that Jimmy punches him up. Oh yeah, like oh, yeah. two in the uh, gut, one in the face, and then yep. later, and he cried into his right in his Corvette. Right, that's an incredible yeah. story. And then. Uh, 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 Robert Plant, the singer Led Zeppelin, his his dope name is Percy. <laughs> like he's looking. Robert his... Plant's dope name is Percy. Yeah, yeah. According to this book. Anyway, oh, I, I, well, I don't I suggest it to that. anybody. Well, you, when you read it, it'll come back to you. He also hitchhikes from the city down to SoCal, like four hundred miles. Starts off with a clothes sack and a guitar, no case, right? He throws uh-huh. away the clothes sack. He fucking hoofs it 400 miles with a guitar in his fucking hand, a silver leg. Incredible. <laughs> silver pants on. Uh, but let's talk about you, Elizabeth. Uh, your earliest musical recollection. Oh, my God. Um, well, there are two things that come to mind. One is that my mother had this... Um, she had a copy of Dionne Warwick's Greatest Hits huh. that she would play just pretty much on repeat constantly. And everyone loved it, but I, I loved it more than everyone because even, you know, my sisters today, because I'm like, I'm always listening to music, right, when I'm not working. And my sisters are like, how can you listen to music all the time like that? And I'm like, I love it. 
Yeah, I'm not you. And what was the other thing? The other thing was that I remember when I was a child and I was old enough to wash, help wash the dishes after dinner. And I would listen to, uh, I think it was the top 10. And I don't remember if it was a nightly or a weekly. But there was one particular song, and I'm not going to date myself, um, that was repeatedly at number one. And I loved it, even though... The subject matter was something that I had absolutely, you know, it's a good argument for reincarnation because I <laughs> I had absolutely no earthly concept of what it was talking about, you know, from the standpoint of maybe a five-year-old. Uh, and every time that that song was number one again, I would jump up and down screaming and cheering. Now, uh, in the pad you grew up, was there instruments? Musical instruments? Well, you know, my sister, I, I grew up mostly in Florida, and my sister had a guitar. Oh, okay. So I would, I, would, I would play her guitar, and I would learn how to play, um, you know, songs that I liked on well, the guitar. Did, Just, you take, you know, did you take lessons? I didn't take I didn't take guitar lessons okay. then. I think I did take piano lessons when I was oh, a child. Was there piano in the pad? Was it what? A oh, piano in the house. Yeah, we had this upright piano, but I I think I can't remember if I went to the teacher or she came to me. I don't remember. Well, what about the experience? Because a lot of people I've had on the show, it's been they almost chased them away from music. Well, you know, I, I'm an Aquarius, so, you know, I don't like to be told what to do. Yeah. Uh, it, it usually and, seems like it's a teacher that decides if it's a good experience or a bad one. Well, you know, I don't, I don't remember, I don't, I do not remember why it ended. I just remember that I was glad it did. Okay, okay. What was the first record you bought for yourself? Um, well, there's... There's the first record I ha I got for myself. Yeah. And there's the first record I bought for myself. Oh, okay. <laughs> and the first record, my my older sister, who is seven years older than me, had a bunch of records. Ah. And she lived in, you know, on the opposite side of the house from me. And I would sneak into her room and listen to her records. Um, you know knowing full well that if she found out that, you know, I would, I would be in trouble, but I particularly liked Elton John's Madman across the water, um, which kind of, you know, makes sense considering the kind of stuff that I do. But, you know, one day she came to me and she said, you know what? why don't you pick any record that you want and you can have it? And that's the one I picked. Ah, okay. Uh, wh what about the first gig you went to? Oh my God, that would really date me. <laughs> um, you know, I, I have to, I, I'm I just have to qualify this by saying that, um, you know, one of the things that I decided when I decided to start putting music out again last year was, you know, obviously I'm not in my 20s anymore, but my music 
is something that I feel is not about, you know, a particular age, race, gender, etc. It's about life. Yeah. And so I didn't want. I made a de- I made a conscious decision not to limit my audience by revealing my age, and I've since stopped revealing my face. Aside from, you know, I've replaced. Um, I replaced a lot of my images that I had that were from, you know, when I first started Alpha Cat with pictures of me as a, a child because it's kind of the implicit inner child that, you know, I, I had to heal, that I'm in this process of healing. And I know that sounds woo-woo, but basically, um, you know, it's kind of like saying, it, it's kind of like a rebirth for me. What about school? Were you in the choir or the marching band or shit like that? Um, when I when I was sixteen, uh, my father left us and moved to Wichita, Kansas. And my mother brought my mother dragged me and my youngest sister. My my other two sisters were older; they were out of the house already. And my mother dragged us. Uh, to Kansas where we weren't wanted um, and they stuck me in a private school and I had always been in a public school and the private school was a nightmare for me and I hated they hated me and I hated them and they were very snobby about people who had gone to public school but haha you know, when we took the SATs and they had a meeting after the SATs where they called people out and shamed them. Yeah, that's great. (laughs) And I, having spent all of my schooling in public schools in Florida, got the second highest SAT scores in in the school. Second only to the one guy who was a complete genius and got a perfect score. Oh, well, congrats. You, you, uh, but that back to the choir. Yeah, did you um, do any music? While I was in that school, um, I, I did somehow become involved in the choir. And I just remember feeling the, the, this pure joy of being able to just sing out with all these other voices and just the, 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 just the power of it. Sure. You know, that was like my first memory of really like, um, you know, experiencing the power of, you know, what I like, what I like, which is collaboration. That's great. I want to play all the right things. Alpha Cat.
show we heard uh, alpha cat doing all the right things then brand new from cpi osera dietrich and barnes with uh people person tim barnes great drummer man john dietrich from De- deerhoof and there's a brand new deerhoof record we got uh with uh without leo smith mountain moves uh pat smear after that guitar man from the germs from his second solo record uh round eye out of Sh- shanghai Doing catatonic, I not a communist. Few and Anna De Silva with I, and finally uh, Alpha Cat with Seven Year Itch. And I thank you for uh, supplying the little document that gave all the ins- insights to these tunes and stuff. It, it, it helped me learn a little about you. What what about the stuff? It didn't seem like you made many friends at that fucking private school. But was there anybody, you know the thing where you have the like the garage band or the basement band after school, the you know, cellar band or whatever? 
Yeah. Did you do some of that? Now, what I did was when I was in Florida, I got into tennis and I got I got really quite good at it. Tennis. And then um, you're talking about the sport tennis. Yeah. OK. And then and then when I moved to Kansas, um, basically the headmaster, who was a complete dick, yeah. forced me to join the tennis team. And I was I was essentially traumatized because what was going on in that house was not good. And so, you know, I joined the, the C team and the first practice, the coach had us line up with our rackets and literally threw the balls at us by hand. And I swung and missed. And I was mortified. And then somehow, like two weeks later, I got my shit together and I started playing like I could play. Yeah. And my coach was like, I don't understand how Elizabeth got so much better so quickly. <laughs> and um, and so we for the first year I was on or for the first part of the year, I guess for the fall semester or whatever the first semester I was there, I played on a C team and we would go to these tournaments and. You know, the C team was not a good team except for me. And so what would happen was we would each play a match and everyone else on the team would lose their match without winning a point. And I would win my match without losing a point. Um, and, and then and, and, and then, you know, so then I got on the A team eventually and um that was kind of fun because, and those the people on the A team, the tennis team, were pretty nice to me. I have to say, they were the only ones that were nice to me. And we got to go on, you know, trips. Like I remember, we went to Dallas, and we went to a Magic Pan restaurant, and that was the fanciest restaurant I had ever been to because my my parents did not take us out to dinner when we were growing up. But 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 no bands. You didn't. When did you start no. playing with other people, doing music um, with other people? I actually started playing with other people after I moved to Boston, but I never, um, I won't say I never played out. What I did was I had a roommate, I was living in Cambridge, and I had a roommate who had been in a band, and so he would play guitar, and we would rehearse in his bedroom you know, these songs that I had written. Oh. And when, when, then when, at one point... Let me ask you, Elizabeth, like, when did you start writing songs? Well, um, pretty much uh, right after I got out, right what, right when I got to Boston. Which is after high school? After college. After college, okay. Yeah. And so and, and you wrote them on guitar, because you learned guitar from your sister and played them on guitar, composed... I mean, there's some kind of, like, the way me and D. Boom, when we first learned, we, we tried to copy songs off records. We didn't even try writing our own songs for years. Well, I mean, I did, I do, ha I do have a memory because I, when I was in, I think it was when I was in Kansas, um, the memories are hazy, but I, I did get some kind of shitty electric guitar. And I had a stereo that you could plug the guitar into 
the stereo and play along. And um, I remember one day I was, you know, playing electric guitar along to some Led Zeppelin record. And, uh, you know, I, I felt playing very well, you know, in, in retrospect, it, it probably wasn't very good, but <laughs> I, I remember so. my mom walking in and I, it was like, it was like she had caught me masturbating. I was like, get out of here. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, so, well, if, yeah. let's, let's jump forward to Cambridge. Is that where you first performed in front of people? Oh no, I never performed when I lived in Boston. Oh, well, okay. no, the only time I performed when I lived in Boston was this this friend of mine who would play, you know, songs with me. And, you know, we, we shared an apartment. I shared an apartment with three men. And he was the one that had been in a band. And another one of my roommates, who's still my friend, was a rock critic at the time. Um, and he came up with this idea of doing this gig at this wedding down on the Jersey shore. So we, he, he, he brings in a drummer and a bass player that he knew. Um, and there was no rehearsal. I had never performed in front of anyone in my life. Um, you know, I had, you know, we're, we're on this wraparound porch on this, you know, I don't know what you would call it, cottage, but more like a mansion on the Jersey Shore with, you know, a road separating us from the beach. And I just remember that I had to fortify myself with a number of gin and tonics before <laughs> I... Before I actually, what, what, you know, got in front of the people. What was the material? And what was the material? It was my songs. Ah, okay. So you, um, wow. Never played in front of anybody before. And right from the get-go, damn. Well, no, listen to what happened. Okay. Um, so we get up there. The drummer doesn't know the songs at all. The... Bass player didn't know the songs at all. Yeah, because there was no practice, right? My friend, who did know the songs, froze up. Uh -oh. And it was just like when I when I skydived. Like, everybody was so concerned that I was going to be the one that was going to freeze up. And what happened was, you know, it's the same thing from jumping out of the airplane to you know, starting up the, the song on that porch in Jersey is drummer sucked, bass player sucked, <laughs> guitar player froze up, and I did the song. Okay. And then after that, after we finished the first song, I hear someone from the audience, quote, quotation marks, say rather loudly, that was the worst crap I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> we call those character builders. Look, right and then <laughs> and then so we start the second song, and we were saved because some drunk guy was driving in front of the house, and he drove off of the road onto the beach, and all these police cars came with sirens, 
and and we just got the fuck out of there. You were bum rushed. And that was the gig. That was the gig. <laughs> Look, we're at the end of the first hour, July 8, 2020. Special guest, Elizabeth. Hold tight for hour two. July 8, 2020. Second hour of the Watt for Pedro show.
for Pedro Show. Start off the second hour with Alpha Cat doing something of value. Then High Five Club out of France, Toulon, Navire de Savetage. New heart, a lot of noise over there. Sorry, I'm coming inside. I was outside smoking cigarettes. <laughs> okay. But then it started raining, and I didn't want the rain sound to interfere. Glen Cove? Rainy Glen Cove. Okay, New Heart Folk after that with the Wagoneers Lad. Magnet Hearts, brand new album. Jonathan Hall, Living in Her Hair. And then Alpha Cat with Pearl Harbor. So tell me about Alpha. When did Alpha Cat get going? Um, well, what happened was, um, you know, I had done, I had done my first studio demo, um, in Manhattan on which Richard Lloyd played on all of the songs. And then, you know, I had also met, and this was through, I met both of them through a connection with Jim Master of the Bongos, who I had photographed when I was living in Atlanta. So, you know, when I moved to the New York area, um, I ran into Mastro and he said, oh, I need photos for my for my new band, the Health and Happiness show. And Richard was a guitar player. And Richard and I, you know, both are kind of crazy. So we hit it off and he agreed to play on my first studio demo. Um, but, and Mastro had, and still has this guitar store in Hoboken, um, which at the time Fred Smith was working at, and that's oh. how I got to know Fred. The television basement and, after Richard Hill. Yeah. 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 Fred, Fred, Fred has co-produced both Real Boy and Pearl Harbor. And I say co-produced because Fred is the most humble person that I've probably ever met. And, you know, when we finished both records, he insisted that I be named as co-producer because of what I had done in the making of the record. Yeah, he's a really good bass man. I've seen him with television a couple times. Well, yeah, you know, I made a note because uh, I had never seen television live until 2001 when they went and they played all tomorrow's parties. And I decided to go over there and play a gig in London and I brought um, I brought my backing singer with me, and we went out to all tomorrow's parties, and that was the first time I saw television live. And I I have to say, you know, I had television records, but I couldn't say that I was like a huge fan. Um, it wasn't like I played them all the time. I rarely played them, but when I saw them live, and I saw, you know, this these dueling guitars between Lloyd and Verlaine and this crazy jazz drumming. Billy Fica. You know, yeah. Billy Fica. Yeah, and then Fred, it, it, it's like all of that without Fred would have just been a, a disaster. To me, Fred is the thing that makes television's music make sense. Wow. He pulls it all together. If it weren't for Fred, it would just be a cacophony. I saw him at the whiskey in the 70s, and uh, the Hollywood punks were calling him hippies. 
Oh, really? <laughs> and I couldn't understand that because, I don't know. You know, in those days it was strange, you know. But they were, uh, the, the, the second time I saw them was at the Roxy, not as good. But the first time was pretty good. You know, to well, me it was all wild, uh, especially compared to with Arena Rock, you know. It was all, I, I want to play uh, Black Hole. a black hole Look like your heart felt like my soul Now I've got nowhere to go From this side out looks like the
Wild horses 
from Alpha Cat, uh, people that's not a cover of the urinal song off, uh, God, maybe it was called Black, uh, but it's a four song seven inch, and I, I'm a bug was one of the two, Minutemen were huge urinal fans, and then we had Pete Lochner from the old Cleveland scene doing uh, Wild Horses, he tried to dr- join television, but I think he, told oh really, me, yeah, Tony Mamoni told me he pulled out a gun though and scared uh, Tom Verlaine. <laughs> well, yeah, that would scare Tom. If, if, of course, it would scare anyone, but Tom um, particular. So uh, then we heard uh, Center from Dan Klukas, Jeb Bishop, Damon Smith, Matt Crane, some improvised music there. Maya from the City with Birdsong, Opium Trail from the 60s, uh, For Your Love. You know, we used to cover bands in the moment. And then finally, Mockingbird. From Alpha Cat. Okay, so your first studio demo. We kind of jumped up quick. I mean, how how did how did it come to this point where you're going to make a studio demo, and that's what you called Alpha Cat? Uh, no, not not at that point. Okay, I didn't call myself anything um, prior to that. Um, I had been married. And um, I lived in this little apartment in Jersey City, and we, uh, my husband, well, I don't know if he was my husband at the time, it doesn't matter, Um, we found there was another person, there was a man named Mick, who was actually British, who uh, lived in the same building, and he played bass and keyboards. And I don't know how we found this drummer. I don't remember his name. We rehearsed in the basement. And um, the drummer insisted that he have a TV in front of him while we were rehearsing so that he could watch the Cosby show. So, you know, of course, that was not... That did not go over well with me. 
So I said, you know, I said to my husband, I'm like, you know, you got to say something to this guy. Um, so he did. And, you know, the guy's like, well, you're just pussy whipped. That that was you know, That's and I don't remember if we fired after that drama. or. <laughs> people are assholes. But, um, <laughs> people are assholes. I guess. I mean, imagine. Yeah. That has to have a TV in front of him while he's rehearsing. Yeah. I would have said, "Don't let the hatch hit you in the ass as you're flying out." It. <laughs> you know, I've never done any of this shit before. Sure, sure. You know. I mean, I, I, I made a note. It's like I, I, I wrote accidental performer because that's really what I became. <laughs> that's what I am. You know, Jersey you City, know, I, there's a great radio station, WFMU. Yeah, you know, they used to they they refused to play my records, my like my record real boy. And they oh. would sell. um and and it was on you know it was on the national CMJ charts and it beat back in Metallica in the ad charts, and they would not play it. And my friend wow. went down because they did this sale every year where they sold, you know, which which they're not supposed to do. They sold all of the CDs that had been sent to them as comps Probably by these bands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, one of my friends is like, well. I, you know, there's there they have the copy of Real Boy for sale, you know, in their bins, and I was like, those fuckers. So you know, you know what? I shouldn't have brought that up, Elizabeth. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't know, but I know they're doing gigs there now. It's like, well, not now because of the COVID nineteen, but the, the, right. the bottom the bottom place is like a venue. I mean, I haven't been in Jersey City since 2004, so ah, yeah, this is more recent. Maybe a couple yeah. of years ago, yeah. Uh, look, and I'm sure all the personnel have changed. And yeah, I think uh, the program director for a long time was Greg Turner, right? I don't remember. Brian I, Turner. I, Brian you know, Turner. I wasn't. I wasn't Brian involved Turner. in that. Okay. I didn't. You know, I didn't know who any program directors were. I, you know, I didn't. When I made the demo that turned into Real Boy with Fred, it was just a demo. Um, and I just thought, and we both liked it a lot. So I'm like, you know what? Maybe we'll try to get this on the radio and see what happens. Okay, okay. We're at the end of the second hour, July 8th, 2020 edition of the Peter Show. Special guest Elizabeth, hold tight for hour three. July 8th, 2020, it's the third hour of the Watt for Pedro Show. I didn't want to write a song about you
Pedro Show start off the third hour with Thatch Roof Glass House from Alpha Cat. Wasted Space after that with Robot Maiden Crane, who was awesome. Wasted Space in Idaho. The one for me, Dream Chamber Phase Five, Brainwave Entertainment. Uh, David Gerard, who lives in uh, Boston. Chris Burns uh, from Montreal after that with Julia. And finally, Mona Lisa in a comic book, Alpha Cat. So, you you were t- saying off air, uh, you knew how to book a tour. And well, I knew how to book a gig. Book a gig, so you were going to book a tour for Alpha Cat, right? Right, because when the band got together, Real Boy was already on the charts. So, they basically went out in support of a record that they weren't on. Um, <laughs> and I did know how to book gigs. What I didn't know how to do is how to promote the gigs. Um, so 
you know, we would, we basically what I did was I picked, um, you know, East coast. And then we did some Midwest because, uh, we did go to Evansville, Indiana, where we had been number one, uh, where the record had been number one. And, um, so we, you know, we went, we went to these shows and, you know, I didn't, I didn't book any radio. I didn't book any press. I didn't know how to do that. I, I figured out how to rent a van and I, you know, I, I figured out, I had actually met, um, I had actually met this tour director when I went, I went on a cruise with my parents in 1999 when my dad was starting to get Alzheimer's. And so I was the one that went on the cruise with them. And I, on that cruise, I met, I met this friend and, and real boy. Um, I had, I had a copy of it. It wasn't, it wasn't out yet. And I played it for him and, um, you know, sitting on top of the, the, the riverboat and smoking cigarettes and listening to real boy. And so when the tour, it came time to do the tour, um, I asked him if he wanted to be the tour manager and he was like, yeah. So he actually did plan the routes, which was at a time when everyone was using MapQuest and MapQuest was not good. And there was one, there was one drive where we were literally like, it would say, get off at exit 87. And then we would get off at exit 87 and we would drive on a service road. And then it would say, get on to exit 88. And that went on for like two hours where MapQuest was basically just taking us on and off the service road. (laughs) I want to play armor here.
music for this edition, Armor from Alpha Cat, some live. And after that, Galexacy from out in the desert here, Joshua Tree, Heaven Channel Season 1, LP5. These guys just recorded eight albums, so you can be productive in the lockdown. <laughs> eight fucking yeah, albums. I'm not that prolific. <laughs> yeah, Raquel and uh, Jared's quite, quite a team. And then uh, Groove Crater Method it's Brother Philip and uh, Big Bear doing uh, Apocalypse Four Bad Horses, nine one one mix, uh, and finally Venus Smile, another live thing from the Alpha, Alpha Cat. So, what what is this panties on the bed story? Well, um, you know, I I spent two thousand dollars on the van for I don't know how many weeks it was, and. You know, so we were not staying in nice hotels. And there was one in particular, I don't even remember what town it was, but um, the boys in the band, uh, Derek and our drummer, um, Derek the singer and Nick Best, our drummer, shared one room. And then uh, me and Angela Babin, who was the guitarist, electric guitarist, and Lori Bingle, the bass player, stayed in another room and so somebody was somebody was sleeping next to and there were two double beds and somebody was sleeping in the bed toward on the door side next to the ac and decided that you know it was too loud or too cold and you know did i want to switch so I was like, sure. And so I, so I sleep the, through the night in this bed. And in the morning, you know, the covers get pulled down. Oh, and through the night, you know, when I was, when I, before I was asleep and then after I woke up, there was something around my feet. And I was like, that's weird. Like the sheets are all bunched up or I don't know what is going on. And in the morning, we pull the covers back, and there's panties in the bed. So I say, I say to Angela, "Are these your panties?" And she says, "No." And Lori said they weren't hers, and I knew damn well they weren't mine. So um, <laughs> they were, and they were cotton, and they had little flowers on them, and. I was so horrified that I had slept through the night with these used, <laughs> certainly used panties wrapped around my feet. And then Angela opened one of the drawers to the, you know, the, the dresser and that was filled with clothes okay. and we're like, what the fuck? Like, did somebody just like go on the lamb and just leave all their stuff here? I, it was really bad, but it was actually extremely funny as well. 
because <laughs> once Lori said they weren't hers, I knew they weren't mine. <laughs> where where can people find you on the internet, Elizabeth? Uh, the website is alphacat.band. Uh, Facebook, uh, my Facebook has been hacked. Yeah, since... fuck that shit anyway. It's good you have your own website. I like that because no, 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 no filter, no middleman. Well, I mean, I I liked the Facebook because, um, you know, I could post every day and I like to post mostly other people's stuff because I'm always looking for stuff. You know, I'm always interested in stuff and I like to put up other people's stuff, you know, mostly comedy and mostly music and, you know, some political stuff. Well, what's your Um, next what's your next musical plan? Well, um, what's happening is that um, Thatch Roof Glass House is, is going to be reborn. Um, I have a new promoter, which is number three for this record, um, uh, Planetary in L.A., and we are going to, to send it out to college. And so it's going to be like new and we're starting out with a single that's roof glass house. Um, I think it, it comes out. I can't remember the date this month. And then in August, uh, we're sending out the, the, the record. Well, so going to just, it's basically just starting over. And much, if you met a young lady getting into this racket. What would, you, would you be your advice? Um, I mean, I, You know, I, I I am extremely obsessed and always have been with Prince. And, you know, I, I'm sure you recall and I certainly recall when he was trying to get his um, – he was trying to put music out and they wouldn't let him put out what he wanted to put out. And he changed his name to the symbol and then, you know – he wrote slave on his forehead and everybody thought he was crazy at the time. But, and then I remember hearing the story of pink, uh, you know, meeting with Prince and about maybe working together. And he said, and when I saw her telling the story, she was like kind of pissed off about it. But she said that he said to her, do you own your own masters? And she said no, and he said, "Get back to me when you do." That's that's good advice, absolutely, Elizabeth. I want to thank you so much. Been big honor to have you on the show. Wish you the best luck with the Thatch Roof Glass House, and uh, thank you really for being thank on. Thank you. The it's a pleasure. Okay, people. It's July eight, twenty twenty. Dishwap Peter Show. Keep your powder dry. <laughs>